Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Welcome to Focus Today. I'm your host, Perry Atkinson. Apollo G. A P O L O G Y. Apollo G. The five languages of apology. Okay, I got... uh, For those of us that need to learn how to understand other people's apologies in our life, because there's five different ways at least to say I'm sorry. And for those uh, of us to understand how we best feel a sincere apology coming our direction. This is Gary Chapman Perry. and. Um, I'm going to do a training this Saturday at Trail at 9 o'clock on his first book, The Five Love Languages, and I got 15 spots left for anybody that wants to be there Saturday morning at Trail 9 to 11.30. You want to apologize for me for stealing the opening of the show because I haven't even introduced you yet? Well, I don't know what your language of apology is yet. i got to find out, and then I'll apologize correctly. <laughs> anyway, Bill Gallagher's with me, if you haven't noticed. Here we go. Here we go. Anyway, Bill heads up uh, Teamworks. He's also a pastor at Trail Christian Fellowship, and he is doing the five lung love languages this weekend. What's the deal on that? Okay, um, you got trail 15? dot. I got about 15 spaces left. It's going to be a full house, 9 to 11.30 at Trail wonderful. Christian Fellowship. To register, trail.org. We have a continental breakfast and child care available. Should be a hoot. And everyone will take a, a profile to find out what their love language is. Okay. Uh, that is wonderful. All right, so go to trail.org, get signed up. 15 people are available. Um, okay, so how'd you come across this? Th- this one, well, I interviewed Gary Chapman a few times on the dub years ago. One was on the Love Language book, which we're talking about on Saturday. But this one got my attention the five languages of apology, Perry. Hmm. And what his theory is, much like the is, is much like the five love languages, each person feels loved in a different way. And our goal as individuals is to love them the way they feel love, not the way that's convenient for us. Similarly speaking, with the five languages of apology, there's at least five different ways people apologize. And we have to understand what that is because generally, If they don't apologize the way we do, we don't feel like they've apologized at all. And so, you know, some people might, for example, one of the most basic ones for us as Christians is, will you please forgive me? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, if we uh, um, are offended by someone in our life and they don't use that exact phrase, we can actually feel like they haven't apologized or owned their behavior at all. Yet wisdom says different people have different ways of saying, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And it's important to know that. It's a powerful book. The okay. Five Languages of Apology. Uh, wow. I think the biggest stumbling block I'm hearing you mention here is, gosh, and this is the foundation of just about every, every counseling session in the world. We expect things different than we're receiving oh, them. Oh, yes, exactly. That's the problem with everything. Yes. You say something, you're expecting a certain... They want you to twist and look at that camera. Oh, look, look at that camera? Yeah, see, it'll just make... It, come Gladly. closer, come closer. Don't Gladly. Gosh, okay, Bill's yeah. full-time management, I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, so the point being is this. So often we say something and we have in our mind an expectation on how that should be returned. 
exactly. And, and that it, becomes a stumbling block. A That's huge stumbling block. As a matter yeah. of fact, on that note, Perry, I think the concept here that we're talking about is uh, apologizing the right way to the right person. And I thought this morning that there's probably thousands of relationships that are represented listening today mm-hmm. that have been stuck for years because they're not apologizing the way in which the person understands. And so we go on thinking they're arrogant, they don't take ownership of their behavior, they just keep hurting us, they never apologize, but you know what it can come down to? Maybe they're not saying it the way you want them to say it. Yeah. That's very important. And therefore you don't think it's sincere. Sincere, therefore you don't think it's sincere. Okay, so walk us through this, because this is critical. Because somebody could be apologizing all along and it's not being heard or felt or seen. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, um, it's important to know, like I, I, I knew a woman one time, and her way of saying I'm sorry was that she just kind of giggled and blushed. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I thought, this woman never takes ownership of the hurt that she causes people. And it finally dawned on me after I read this book that her way was to just kind of blush and be shy and embarrassed because of her behavior. But she would never say, would you please forgive me? Or I know I've wronged you. Or is there anything I can do to make it right? These are all languages, different languages of apology. And so people can stay stuck. And so the goal here is to really understand um, who you need to apologize to and what's important to them and vice versa. They also need to understand what makes us feel um, like they're sincere. For example, you've heard the phrase, um, actions are better than words. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are some people, one of the ways Gary Chapman talks about of feeling uh, like someone's really apologizing is no longer with words, only change. Oh. In action and repentance. You say that a lot in counseling. I say that a lot in counseling. And personally, I think I have a couple of love languages of apology. One is words, uh, especially if they're um, not said that often or they're very, I can perceive at least they're sincere. But if that doesn't work, there's only one language I understand, and that's change your behavior. I don't want another apology like I'm sorry or I didn't mean to do that, or I promise I'll never do it again. I don't want to hear it. I want change. Okay. Boy, you're tough. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So let me ask you this. Um, You're looking for an apology from me. I don't perceive that I need to apologize for anything that I've said or done yet. How do you tell me that I need to apologize. Well, I would say something along the line of, uh, Perry, you may not be aware of this, but you know, when we were talking uh, during break at the Dove, (laughs) 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 and I asked you a question and you got a little snarky and it kind of hurt my feelings. And you go, well, I didn't intend that. I go, I know. Hey, to answer this question too, I want to say the only people that I know of on the planet that apologize for unintended harm caused are Christians. Oh, really? Christians. Most non-Christians go, I'm not going to apologize. I didn't do anything on purpose to hurt you. 
But believers take it up a notch. And we go, that was not my intention, but I am so sorry that yeah. I offended you. Only Christians do that, it seems to me. That's good. Um, okay, so help us to understand these five. Okay, well, here you go. Take numero uno. Numero uno. The first love language, or love uh, apology language, yeah. is expressing regret. That's feeling sorry for hurting someone by your behavior. Oh, okay. So it's twofold. It's kind of a show of empathy that you've caused pain. I mean, another word could be validation. Like when you validate someone, you don't have to agree with them. You just have to acknowledge that you know that what you did or said offended them. Might not have been your intention, but it still happened. And so regret is I am just so um, frustrated with myself or I'm so, I apologize for, for being insensitive. I, I'd forgotten that that was an issue for you that I caused you pain. Expressing regret. Expressing regret. And that, is that primarily for a behavior or an action or a word or all? All, all okay. the above. Okay. I mean, they focus on the pain, expressing regret, focuses on the pain that our behavior caused, whether it was intended or not. Okay, so expression, like, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't intend that. Or like, I can't believe I said that. Like, I should have been remembered. We've talked about this before. I am so sorry Okay. that I offended you. That's expressing regret. Okay, and I think that's important. First of all, um, Part of all of this is that you believe and understand that you have offended somebody. I mean, if, if you don't feel you've done this, then it kind of yeah, escalates yeah, it, the problem, doesn't it? Yeah, because then it comes off sincere. Like, how do you apologize for something that you don't even understand? Well, I've, I've you know? noticed people who will not recognize a wrong word or a wrong expression or a deed or an act or something like that. They're just egomaniacs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, they're just narcissists. Or, or, or narcissists or, or people that are never wrong. I mean, I've always said, I mean, just as a pastoral counselor, how can I help anyone that's never wrong? What do you do with someone that's never wrong? And they're out there, believe me. Ooh, what do you do with that? I read some of my emails. <laughs> <laughs> a few emails. Oh, then they send it to other people. You yeah. don't want to do that. Okay. So no. the second one, uh, Perry, is accepting responsibility for what you've done. That is taking full ownership and there's no but you. For example, there is a heated argument, uh, disagreement. They say something that offends us first. Then we react back to them. And then time passes and we both talk to one another about what just happened at the breakfast table this morning and say something like, well, the reason I said what I said is because of what you said first. There are no buts. Taking full ownership means we're only looking at our sin, not theirs. I think that's big because... Uh, that's huge. Well, it, it can cool the situation down. 
Even if you don't understand it, take responsibility that this whole thing happened. I'm sorry that this has happened. Yeah, that's a, that's a phrase that I've used. I'm sorry this situation even ha happened. And, yeah. and I was, take it further, wrong to allow it to continue yeah. to happen. Okay. So it, it's just admitting uh, where we've gone wrong and, and what part we played in the situation. You know, when the scripture says, um, you know, if your brother's offended you, go to them and talk to them about it. Right. Or if you've offended someone, uh, go to them and talk to them about it. I mean, it, it, what it shows is the offended and the offender kind of meeting each other on a way to reconcile it out. Mm -hmm. The Bible doesn't talk about whether they respond or not. It just tells us to admit our sin. Whether they, I remember a long time ago, I was working in the, the Bay Area at the Trans-American Building and there was five of us, we did valet parking and I was a baby Christian and I, I could tell that one of my coworkers was just furious with me. I had no idea why. And uh, I said, well, what are you so upset at? for and he said well you mentioned something to our boss about a situation you and I had and I go well please forgive me he goes I'll never forgive or forget what you said to me ever and I like I go to the Lord and I go what's this about And the sense that I got is I didn't ask you to strive for a specific response I just asked you to ask for forgiveness so sometimes we just need to say, I was wrong. Accepting responsibility says, I was wrong. I take full ownership and I'm not going to transfer it or deflect it back on you. See what I mean? This is a real test to your, uh, I guess the word I could use is humility. Humility is the big word, I think. Barry. Because... Um, what, what, you, what we're talking about here is that you are willing to put yourself aside to fix the situation. Yep. You're, you're, you're right or wrong. You're taking responsibility to cool this thing off. Yes. And if they choose to not respond or spit in your face, you've at least done what you felt the Lord wanted you to do. Period. There's a period after that statement. Okay, um, let me take a break here, and then when we come back, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of zero in on this, because part of it is um, you've been wrong. You're not going to get the apology, but you do apologize for the situation. As far as I was involved with. Right. What I did wrong. Right. Period. Yeah, all right. Uh, we'll take an apologetic break. We'll be right back. <laughs> We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's Daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. Bill Gallagher's in the house, uh, pastoral counselor, teaching pastor at Trail Christian Fellowship and founder of TeamWorks. This weekend, he is doing the five love languages uh, done by uh, Gary Chapman. 
And uh, I think he says he has about 15 slots still open. Yes, 15 at Trail this Saturday. Only 15. And uh, how long is it from when to when? 9 to 11.30 Saturday at Trail Christian Fellowship. They can go online, trail.org, and pre-register. I would do that because this, look, this is probably the best two and a half hours you can invest into your relationship. Oh, and you know what, Perry? I told you before, we have a, a, a lot of our attenders are people from Trail, but most of our attenders are Dove listeners. Okay, there you go. So go to trail.org and uh, 15 of you quickly and get involved. And now we're talking about a new book called The Five Languages of Apology. How to Experience Healing in All Your Relationships. Uh, we're trying to get through this book. This is, this is, this is, this is... Um, this is a very heavy book. This is, this is pretty challenging. You know, Perry, I don't think... We're talking about humbling ourselves. I, I was just telling Perry folks uh, at break that if I had to stamp a bold letter on every page of this book, it would be H for humility. Hmm. We can't apologize sincerely, differently, or at all, unless there's the humility of Jesus. And I wanted to say, you know, Jesus, and there's only one place in Scripture where Jesus defines his own character. Not his mission, but his character. When he said, I am meek and humble of heart. It's the only thing he said about his character. That's interesting. This book is about the humility of Christ. And for those of us to get our cackles up when we talk about forgiving or acknowledging or taking ownership or asking for forgiveness or, in fact, forgiving, it's nothing less than humility, the humility of Christ. And it's very revealing because I think this is not easy stuff. No, it's not. Um, what do you do when you receive an insincere apology? What do I do? Well, I guess, what, what would you recommend? I mean, somebody's going to apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. I would probably, off, if you know. it was really insincere, I would probably say, can you explain exactly what you mean? Oh, okay. Like, what, what are you apologizing for? Okay. I would probably, that, that, and that could offend people, but if I want to get to the bottom of it and find out, I need to know if they are sincere. Like, do you really mean that? And what, what do you mean? The number three one, yeah, okay. making restitution. Oh. Uh, the legal term for it is uh, reparative damages. We hear about that in our country and in our politics all the time. Mm -hmm. It generally has to do with maybe monetary payback or at least equal payback for what has been taken or lost that we caused. And the classic story, you know the classic story in the New Testament for uh, uh, restitution? Zacchaeus. Oh. Jesus is walking through Jericho. Zacchaeus is a tax collector, which uh, the Jews hated immensely because he was hired by the Romans and he would add more tax on their tax. Mm, that's how he got paid. And that's how he got paid. <laughs> yeah. And so Jesus comes through town. Zacchaeus is in the, up in a tree. Jesus knows he's up in a tree. Jesus knows he's a thief hiding in a tree. And he says, Zacchaeus, come on down from there. I want to have dinner at your house tonight. And Zacchaeus was so moved that he said, I will pay back four times what I've taken from the people. All he had to do was look in the eyes of Christ and get an invitation. He said, I will make restitution for everything I've ever stolen times four. Wow. 
So one way to apologize is to make reparations or restitution based on the damage caused. So for example, if you borrowed your girlfriend's, ma'am, if you borrowed your girlfriend's sweater or blouse and you got a little tear in it and you returned it and you said, I am so sorry, please forgive me. I am so sorry that this has happened and then said, take care. Well, if your girlfriend's uh, way of apology is restitution, your verbal apology and your statement of forgiveness means nothing. She wants a new blouse or sweater. Mm. So in some cases, making restitution is the only way sometimes people feel that things have been right. And now I got a real quick story. Have I ever told you my tuxedo story? About to hear it. <laughs> Age 20 years old, not a Christian yet. I'm in a man's wedding. I had, uh, had a tuxedo. I was the best man. It was very, very flaming, kind of a Latin Spanish look with gold <laughs> swirls on it and a cummerbund. And I liked the tuxedo so much, once again, I'm not a Christian, that I kept it. I didn't bring it back to Ruth Atkins. Remember Ruth Atkins? Oh, yeah. Famous men's store. Yeah. I didn't bring it back. And so I went to a training one time, Bill Gothard. Remember those trainings? Yeah. Went to one of his trainings, and he talked about the power of restitution at, now that we're Christians. We pay back what we've taken well. before Christ. And so I thought, all right. So, I, I mean, I wore them to Halloween parties. I wore it to other weddings. <laughs> I just, so I took it down to the cleaners, got it clean and said, Lord, when it's the right time, I'm going to bring this back to Roos Atkins. I'm going to make restitution. And I started saving money because I had been getting notices for a year, late payment notices for a year. Mm. So I went down to Roos Atkins and I brought the... Uh, uh, tuxedo with me, went up the escalator, asked for the manager of the tuxedo department, and he came in. I said, sir, I rented this tuxedo two years ago, and I thought I would bring it back now. And he said, now, why would you do that? The insurance has covered it a long time ago. I said, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, and I want to pay back what I have taken. And he said, well, first of all, he said, no one's ever done that in our store, ever. Mm. And secondly, the insurance covered it. You don't have to give me anything. I had saved $90. I was going to make monthly payments. That is a way of saying to Ruth Sackins, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I have taken for you. I'll pay back what I owe you. And I don't like to toot my own horn, but that's just an example of restitution. So let me take it down one little bit level. I want to get all this in here. <clears throat> you know, we had Russ Taff in the studio here last year. And I, I remember. I spent over an hour interviewing him. I have it on tape. Wait, wait I'm going to take bits and pieces of it and show it later. But there's a part of this testimony. For years, he was a closet alcoholic. I remember. I remember. It was very emotional. And interview. he went through an intervention and Bill Gaither and the group and all that. It was an amazing story. Amazing story. And he goes through and he goes through rehab and he comes out and he's doing great. And I'm talking to Russ, and I said, so what's the biggest thing going on in your life? He says, I am between now and the time I die. I am going at my expense, go to everybody I lied to and ask for their forgiveness. Oh, that's wonderful. And he's on planes going everywhere. Wow. Meeting with people that he had dealt with years and years ago, 
asking for their forgiveness. Those people, those people will never forget them. So that's a restitution. Uh, that's total restitution. It's like, yeah. how can I make it up to you? So you can yeah. verbally show that you want to make restitution. How can I make it up to you? Right. What do I owe you? What do you think would be sufficient mm-hmm. for me to right that wrong that I've done to you? Okay, so we're going to run out of time. Okay, the fourth one is genuine repentance. Repentance means to change and go a different direction. All right. Repentance means I will not continue to repeat what I've done. Okay. Uh, people are looking for change. That's where action and words come together. Yes, yes. And and it may take a plan of action. You might want to say, you know what, I'm committing myself like I do in the workplace. Mm-hmm. There's two employees that ha- are at odds at one another. And so for a while, I'll say, you meet with your supervisor every Friday and go over the progress of that week. Okay. Or I'm going to come back quarterly and talk to you and see specifically what you've done to change in that area. Okay, good. And then the last one is the actual good old-fashioned biblical one that some people do and a lot of people don't, and that is simply saying, will you please forgive me? It's uh, a sincere way of showing that you want your relationship fully restored. There's no counter-blame. There's no, but you did this first. It's just laying it out and say, will you please forgive me? Why is that so hard? Well, I think, first of all, it cuts against the grain of our flesh. All five of these apologies cut, cut against the grain of our flesh right. because we are sinful by nature and our heart is desperately wicked. Mm-hmm. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Um, I just think it's a pride issue. Um, people are afraid. They're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of the behavior continuing. If we, if we, uh, if someone forgives me for hurting them and asking for forgiveness, that I'll continue to do it. They're afraid that we're minimizing the damage we've caused them, especially if it's long-term damage. Mm-hmm. Very. Mm-hmm. So asking for forgiveness would be the fifth one. Good stuff. Uh, let me say to our viewers and our listeners and pastors, you may want to get a copy of this book. Very good book. Yeah, it's got Gary Chapman, Jennifer Thomas dealing with the five languages of apology. And of course, the five love language, which is so well established and been around for years. Uh, Bill is doing that seminar this weekend at Trail Christian Fellowship here in Southern Oregon. So if you're in and around the Southern Oregon area, go to trail.org. And uh, there were, at the beginning of the show, there was 15 slots. I don't know what there's available now. Well, yeah, we have 15 spaces left. Yeah. And uh, 9 to 11.30, trail.org, you can register. It's only two and a half hours tomorrow morning. Yeah, no, they'll take, excuse me, Saturday morning. Saturday, Saturday morning. And yeah. they'll take a little profile to find out what their love language is. It's kind of, it's kind of fun, too. Yeah, I think I know what your deals are. What's Jenny's? Uh, she's acts of service. And yours? Um, physical touch and encouragement. Hers is acts of service and quality time. So she got four out of the five. She got four out of the five. She got four out of the five. Okay, we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.